Welcome to Beer Massive, a collection of good beer-centric conversation, interviews, editorials, reviews, and more from a collective of centrally like-minded yet individually opinionated good beer fanatics. From podcasts born in the present, or from our massive library of brewer interviews from years past, we hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do enjoy what you're here, please subscribe. Feel free to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on tap, at Massive Beers, or email us individually at massivebeers at gmail.com. Okay, let's do this. Do we have a bottle opener? Jesus Christ, dude. Seriously? Do you drink beer and have a bottle opener? I'm at your house. And my coat's in the car. Well, welcome to Amateur Hour, everybody. No. <laughs> How you doing out there in the uh, wonderful lands of the internets? Uh, Beer Massive Podcast, LLC, uh, LTD. Uh, I don't know what else we want to call it. Put monikers on that. Uh, squared. World, worldwide. 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 Yeah. Worldwide Entertainment. What was the one? Uh, Step Brothers. It was, uh, what was that called? No, oh, I don't even know. Some, it's Prestige Worldwide. Yeah, Prestige Worldwide. <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 yeah, Beer Massive uh, Worldwide. Uh, yeah, here we are with another uh, roundtable. Um, but po- trying to pop these off, actually, as like, kind of like a, a um, brewer interview and then a roundtable and then back and forth and all that kind of stuff. But uh, sometimes we do little extra brewer interviews. I actually, we posted a brewer interview and a couple days later, a good... Uh, my buddy Dennis over there in Drylog decided to change his name in the middle of becoming a popular brewery, just like the crazy dude that he is. So I ended up having to talk to him. So that kind of got precedence. But uh, it's also trying to get these uh, these uh, MFers wrangled in and, and talk about stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, kind of got a crew together. So the crew, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Matt from Beer Massive, Massive Beers, whatever you want to call it, um, you know. Whatever I am, and then we have a Jonesy. Jonesy to the left there did not bring any kind of bacon. No, no sauces this week. No, uh, yeah. Last time he showed up with enough for like five people and left me with enough for three people, and I ate it all in like three days. So that was yeah, fantastic. I, I, I heard that was gone real quick out of your house. Uh, it's uh, the worst thing I ever did was introduce it to Liesel. Yeah, um, that's what I heard. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, you know, I'm like, try, try, try it, and then I came home from work. She's like, it's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> like, fair. Oh. Yeah, you left you left it when you went to work. You should have just took it with you. Yeah, well, that's my own fault. You know, I should take a lot of things with me. Yeah. And we have Steve, who probably won't say anything, but hey. Hey. And <laughs> and then we have Chris, who probably won't say anything, but like a weird Irish giggle or something. I don't know. He's, oh, already, he's already like three shades of red. <laughs> he had like one I've, beer. I've been drinking all day. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Well, that... And it's five o'clock, so where do you work? Um, no, <laughs> anyway. But, um, yeah, we figured we'd do a little roundtable because there's a couple of things that actually came out in the news um, that we wanted to talk about. Um, and let's jump right into it. First things first, let's touch on the Smutty Nose thing they sold the other day for, what was it, eight point something, eight and change? Yeah, eight and change. You know, so eight. about a tenth or a sixth of the price of what a craft brewery is going for nowadays. Yeah, knee-jerk reaction. I, I, you know, I honestly didn't have a number in my head as far as what they should sell at, but when I saw that number, I was like, holy shit balls!" Yeah, and, and like it, the, also for like in the article for the sale, it's not like it was a, another corporation or brewery or it was more like a local local businessman that was just like, oh, 8,000, 8 million, well, I'll buy it, you know, and, and that that's that. It just seems like such a low number, man. Low number, because... Take away the equipment aside. I mean, just the equipment alone. It had to be, what, half that price? 
just physical assets of the brewery, not even not even storefronts, uh, square footage, acreage, all that yeah. stuff. Just the actual stainless steel involved in the brewery. What? I, I, what are they? I can look up the actual brew house numbers here, but they have I mean, to we, be we, I mean, two we, to two to five million dollars. Yeah, I mean, you, somewhere we, in between there, we can ballpark it with just like what I think it was two million or three million just to get SBC off the ground. And that was what ten years ago, yeah, almost. Which would now would probably be double. Yeah. Well, and Trump's American will now be quadrupled. <laughs> yeah, quintupled. Yeah, quintupled. Or or, or what? what cost let's make Bra- up some word. It costs a Brazilian dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, cost of, cost of, you know, trade, cost of living, the whole nine, you know, shit, you know, exponentially gets bigger. So, I mean, that, you, you, if you paid, like, you ever go on Amazon and you buy something? And they say, hey, you want expert installation for this? And then they want to charge you like half of what you paid for the thing. If you yeah. bought all the brewery equipment that Spunny Nose has and then it names on the head, you want expert installation? It would have cost you, including the brewery, $8.6 million <laughs> to get expert installation well, for whatever it is. Well, you had to figure starting bid is probably what the bank wanted. Which that's was it, that's... actually the starting bid, uh, auction bid was $10 million. Was it? It didn't get bid on until it dropped to six and then went up to eight and change. Okay. So that like that shows that they probably it was ten million dollars in debt. You know, so like they that was probably what but the bank was probably like, you know what? If we can get anything like close to it, then we're fine. Yeah, it's it's a bummer all around. But uh, listen, uh the owners um have their kind of Talons, whatever you want to call it, involved in a couple different breweries. Um, the, the lead owner, the main person involved, um, still has Portsmouth Brewing in their portfolio, so they can still mess with that. Um, there's other stuff they can do. So it's not like Smutty Nose is dying. Um, the, the name might go away and might become the something other than what Smutty Nose was originally intended, because at this point now it's out of their hands as far as what happens in the name. If yeah. it, who knows the investor who's you know a local guy I didn't look into it much but that's what i read he could just look at it as a, as a broken down house and he wants to flip it and, you know get it back on its feet and, and flip it over to miller Coors, ab and bev whoever who knows his intentions about it but it's not going to die but at the same time you know it, 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 if every single brewery on the earth succeeded it, it that's not ever yeah. going to happen you know what i mean you can't talk about no, and I think, you know, it, casualty of war at this point, you know, like, it sucks to see a brewery that was at a certain level, like, just go out of favor and get to this point, but you never know. Like you said, this guy could easily just maybe retract, become regional again, and and just keep it at that and rebuild and, you know, make it profitable again. Because, like I said, there are beers. Make that, it profitable again? No, yeah. Go ahead. No, but like I said, like, I mean, it's there, there's beers that they had. You know, that it's just that if you like, you know, certain types of beers, like brown ales, things like that, they did styles well. Well, he just bought the recipes, so they're there. So you, you never know what's going to happen with it, but uh be interesting to see. It just, if for, again, you know, I'm kind of peeking over my shoulder here looking at various different bits and pieces, but just to see... A, a, a brewery that made so many beers that made me happy be sold by a place called www.jsjaauctions.com is kind of just <laughs> depressing. Just to see that, just be like, oh man, you know, that's kind of just a super bummer. But hey, 
It is what it is. Do you know what I mean? Cream, you know, rise to the top, survival of the fittest, Darwinism at its purest, I guess, you know, so yeah. it is what it is. And you know, this might be um, kind of a wake-up call, like, to, like, the bigger breweries. You don't have to buy them right off the bat. Well, no. Let, them, let, let, let people or, suffer and then you get them cheaper. Or a wake call to the legacy breweries that they need to innovate to stay afloat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's not just one or the other. I think it's a lot of different points. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of breweries that try to want to get to Smutty Nose's level, but know that now if they do it, it it, it might not happen. It's you know not to make it a sports analogy, but it's like a lot of kids that think I'm not going to study and I'm just going to make it in the league. I'm going to make it to the NFL, and then they fail out, and they be you know they never get the degree, they never study, they never do any of that stuff. They put all their eggs in one basket, and they. I mean, you have to know what you're doing to get to that point, but just to th- assume you're going to become a rock star, assume you're going to become an actor, assume you're going to become a sports star is just not how it is. You Sometimes it involves luck and it definitely involves skill, probably involves a bit of both and a lot of in between. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's it went from the point where breweries are being bought almost to the point where it was like, we were all waiting for the next brewery to be gobbled up. It was like, which one's going to be next? Which one's going to be next? And then it stopped for a while, and we were like, oh, what's going to happen? Well, this has happened. But how do we know that once he got to that level, after he built the brand, they didn't get complacent with his recipes, with his beers, and just let it degrade, you know, naturally? You don't. We don't. I mean, somebody does. We don't, though. Mysteries. About. (laughs) But... That's not I mean, real. That, that I mean, we were just diving, like touching back on this subject because we, we brought it up on a previous podcast. And and honestly, it, it, it kind of works because uh, you know we did talk about it. and We just want to kind of you know for people out there who aren't tuned in. I mean, you listen to a beer cup podcast, so you probably already know this. But it also kind of ties into one of the subjects, one of the core subjects we want to talk about, which is the New Jersey kind of bra- uh, craft brewers guild. And I should actually get this right probably instead of just kind of giving out monikers but it was basically the new jersey crappers guild kind of splintered into a second faction um and honestly i think it has a lot to do with what smutty nose went through and i in a weird way in a little roundabout way and that um the the guild in jersey or i should say guilds now in jersey both were a single entity um and a couple weeks ago they decided to or or should I say nine people inside of the guild decided to splinter off and 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 form a new one that had a more focused idea about the, what they wanted to do as far as what kind of legislation how they wanted to deal with things in New Jersey as far as craft beer goes and it's almost like a kind of dividing line we've talked about this before between um the brewers where they want to be as far as what they want to be as a brewery. Where, where do you want to be? Do you want to be a national brewery? Do you want to be a regional brewery? Do you want to take over um, globally? What do you want to do? And this is on a very small scale because of what it is, is that Smutty Nose shot for the moon and they lost. Yeah. There You have breweries in New Jersey. Basically, it seems like, and again, we're not in the guild, so we don't, we're not privy to everything. I love... Just side note, I love how Steve tried to hide the cracking of the beer from the microphone. Like, like people don't want to hear that. Um, and, I can't uh, believe they're drinking on the job. Yeah, I can't believe they're opening beers in this uh, podcast. But um, it almost seemed like they were like, it was a a, a group of people that basically had, no, it didn't seem like it definitely is. Two gr- uh, a group of, uh, what's the word you call 
members, just members yeah. of people that had two different visions on how they wanted to function a brewery. So a group of people that decided to splinter off. Now, with the way things are going kind of nationally, it's a little kind of test sample about how things are going to function yeah, in mean, the brewery world. Well, like, I mean, when we were looking at this, you know, it looks like nine the nine breweries that splintered off to protect themselves and, like, what they're doing are breweries within New Jersey that distribute. You know, so you're talking, like you said, it's it's almost like an in-between. It's a micro-brew, like, meso-brew, macro-brew type of situation. But what seems to be going on is, like, it also factors in and, and splinters it off a little bit more to, like, the those nano-breweries that are the ones that don't distribute it's brew pub only in New Jersey, you know, like smaller places. Now it seems like they're kind of on their own, you know, looking out for their own concern where like the other ones that are distributing are trying to protect like their rights as a brewery. So, I mean, like I said, it's, it's, I don't know, like from the outside looking in, like we said, we don't have the opinion of someone in the guild. We don't know what's going on, but it seems like it's, it's like a fracturing. It's, it's, in, like, you know, you're on one side or the other type of thing. Or, you know, where here you always think it's like a beer community and there's the craft guilds and they're all looking out for each other and all this other stuff. But now you have, this is the second time maybe that this has happened. You were, Matt was saying like Colorado a few years back. You know, kind of like a like a splintering of, of people that were in a group together and don't like the way it's going. Right. Yeah, I mean, like it happened a couple of years ago in, in Colorado. You had um, one of the breweries, uh, you know, Breckenridge was bought out by um, uh, ABM Bev. And that caused a lot of the brewers in the Brewer Guild of Colorado to jump ship. And they decided to start their own guild. And well, what happened there was after some time, after some talk or whatever, they kind of reformed and kind of regrouped because honestly, you know, stand together, die alone kind of thing. You know, it's easier to do that when you have numbers. I mean, when you talk about breweries, especially smaller ones in the, you know, the micro, meso, whatever level you want to talk about, you're, you're still, it's, it's, you're up against a juggernaut. You're talking yeah. about these huge breweries. So they almost want you to divide. It's almost at a point where you want you to divide, but at the same time, sometimes you have to. So when you look to New Jersey and what they did, the breweries that actually ended up splitting off were Flying Fish, which is you know kind of close to home for us because uh, uh, Scranton Times, a local newspaper by us, ended up buying Flying Fish just about a year ago, I think it was. Yeah, about a year. And then you have Cape May Brewing. It's been around for a while. Not that big. Kane. We all know Kane here. If you don't know them out there, then well, look them up. Carton. We all know them too. Uh, Iron Hill. Old school. River Horse. Old school. Cricket Hill. Old school. You get that. You know what I mean? There's been breweries around for a while yeah. that just kind of want to keep their foothold. Beach House. Same thing. And Spellbound is kind of a newer brewery. And they're, and they're just kind of jumping out and trying to get away from, I guess you would say, some of the bigger kind of... More distribute-laden breweries. Um, and, and, and I get it. I get what they're trying to do as far as, uh, I guess, what were you saying, Jones? You were looking at the numbers on it. It was something like 2,000 barrels plus in order to be in this group, but at the same time. Yeah, it was, it was 2,000 barrels production a year. Minimum. Yeah. Minimum to, to be into that like new guild or whatever it was. And then I think the other one was... The cap on distrib- or uh, sales was it was like only forty nine percent of your sales can be at the brewery, 
That was a proposal by that the was new a, group. That was the proposal by the new group. To screw it to the other group. Yeah. Was that, like, to be a craft brewery, you know, like, you know, or, or to be in that group or whatever, like, the, the they're looking for... They want to limit on-site yeah, consumption of Online cons- consumption. But, like I said, when you look at the Jersey scene, a lot of those breweries are on-site consumption, and that's it. You know, like, but, can release, maybe, like, there... But it's like I said, they're not distributing. They they're not signed with anyone. They're not distributing so, themselves. But as of right now, this new guild has about nine members. How many breweries are in New Jersey? There's eighty five. So a little over ten percent. Yeah, but they also talk about in the um, one of the articles. And I'm quoting the Forbes article here. So if my numbers are wrong, uh, you know, take that for what it is. But only. The original guild says that 40% or 50% of their members have signed up to renew with them. But if the uh, leaked document actually (laughs) only says 20%. So uh, it's not a matter of, listen, you could say you are, how do I put it? You could say there's there's a big thing on Instagram. There's a big thing on YouTube. You could have, you know, 40,000 followers, but you can buy them. You can get them outsourced. You can get, you know, whatever it is, uh, fake followers fake subscribers that doesn't mean you have any kind of pub or publicity or any kind of following so if you not saying there are fake breweries in new jersey but i'm saying if you have a guild that hypothetically has 80 members but only 20 signed up as of right now and we're already three months deep into it that means you only have 20 members you know what i mean whereas the other one has nine so you're looking about you know 20 versus nine you know what i mean that that's not that big of a difference so uh, to say that they're like don't have any kind of backing or the only one has more people on their side, you know what is what it is. A lot of people are gonna toe the company line when it comes to a lot of turmoil. When turmoil comes down, when strife comes down, a lot of people are gonna side with the people they think they're gonna win with. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's gonna be the larger numbers. <laughs> so when you're talking about uh, the old faction, <laughs> not to make it sound like evil because faction comes off evil in my yeah. brain in some way, um, it. it, it it not necessarily indicates forward movement or growth, I guess, yeah. for and, the lack of right. But term. when you have the old faction, you know, producing over two thousand barrels, they're more distribution focused. Then you have another group that's mostly on-site consumption tap rooms. They're different business models. Why do they need to be represented by the same association? And that's their point. They they illustrate that in 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 a couple of the things that they've actually talked about in. in it's it's again goes by the so, strength by numbers thing because you're going to band together even though you know when you talk about uh, you know places or people or whatever they're or, or up against it you know people will look at somebody who normally they've kind of been like you oh, know i hate you i hate you they'll band together and be like we need we now have a common enemy and that's where this whole kind of split kind of comes up where it's like okay we have a common enemy but we also have enemies within ourselves when do they stop infighting is it? Are they becoming complacent? Are they going? Okay, now we're not afraid of big beer because now we have big footholds, so and now we can fight within ourselves. Or is it a matter of becoming being totally one hundred percent without a doubt Jersey, which you're like, I'm just gonna fight any motherfucker that moves. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, who, like when does that actual like when does it make sense? Where does it make yeah. sense? How do they think? I mean, when you when you look at the names on there, and like you said, it's some of the old guard. It's some of the, the faster-moving, bigger guys within New Jersey. Kane, Carton, Flying Fish. You know, obviously somebody, like, well, all of them amongst themselves 
felt they weren't being represented in the way that they need to be represented. You know, like I said, I mean, because in the end goal of all of this, this whole the Brewers Guilds, all these things, it, it's about your state's laws, your distribution laws, making sure that you're represented in all the decisions that are being made when it comes to the LCB. You know, and that's like one of the biggest things. And also like protection amongst yourselves and buy out whatever. And like that was the Colorado thing. Like that was one of the biggest splinters with them was like, oh, well now you have AB sitting on our board listening into what we're doing. You know, so like in Jersey, it doesn't seem like it's, that's the case. It seems like these nine guys feel like they weren't represented. Right, but in the, Colorado. The, in, the, in, in the right way. So like, okay, we'll start our own group. In Colorado, after several months, they resolved their differences and came back together. Which, I don't see that happening in Jersey. Well, East Coast mentality, baby. <laughs> I, no, it, it'll happen. It'll yeah. happen. Well, yeah. why, why can't they form, you know, a, an umbrella guild that oversees all of them? You know, they have different interests. That's, you know, understandable. Because there's a board of directors directed by a bunch of people who have a certain mindset and those are the ones that make the laws. It's, it's a, it's a pseudo-democracy where, like, everybody... Well, it seems like the Restaurant Association makes the laws in Jersey. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people that make laws in Jersey. It's called the mafia. But, <laughs> it, 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 like, at the same time, when you feel like you're not being represented, that's when things like this happen. This isn't somebody just... This isn't, you know, Augie Carton and Michael Caine being drunk at fucking Hunapu Day going... Let's fucking just start our own guild, man. Let's just do that shit because we just want to do it. No, it, it, you know, it, it's it's speaking your mind, understanding what you want to get done and have no one listen. And yeah. then once no one listens enough, it gets to the point where you just have to do what you need to do. Now, whether that is actually becoming a new faction and end up doing what you're doing separate from another one, fine. But if it's also like, I'm fucking serious, pay attention to me. And then it, the other part is like, okay, you know what? We haven't been paying attention. We understand now this is how far you had to go for us to understand. It could work. So well, who, one, of the, one of the main arguments was that breweries that primarily distribute out of their own tap rooms for on-site are devaluing the value of a liquor license in Jersey. See, see okay. So this is, Do you this, agree with that? No, that's a separate That's a separate. That's thing. part of the argument they were making. That's why yeah, they but, had to but, but, this, but but that's not the Brewers Guild making the argument. That's the Restaurant Association making the argument. This all comes from what he's about to say. Are you going to talk about the Restaurant Association with them talking about like well, breweries I was in Jersey? I was going to talk more like this happened. This happened like similar in Pennsylvania. But so by breaking off these nine guys by breaking off and forming their own, they're saying screw you, little guys. We need to be able to, you know, work with them so we can. Focus on ourselves. We're not going to carry dead weight. That's essentially what they're saying. I mean, it could be. Yeah, it could be to the point where they're, they they don't want to fight that fight. Yeah. Because they're above that level anyway. So they're big leaguing the small breweries, which they used to be. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you have to look out for your own. So, like I said, like, like here's, a, here's a good example. So you go back, Pennsylvania, we're all around the same age. You go back 20 years ago in Pennsylvania, you know, Six-pack shops didn't exist. Your to-go beer came out of taverns. You got a six-pack at the bar to go home, right? So there's a tavern association in Pennsylvania, and they didn't want to fight that fight when the state came up with the idea to give it to the supermarkets or have anyone have an R license and you can start a six-pack shop and all this other stuff. So the restaurants and the taverns that have their own association, they didn't fight hard enough. 
and they've essentially lost that part of their business. So you're saying as a, as a bar owner that your whole business to go is basically dead. You don't sell to go beer really out of a bar. Now, I mean like you have some sales, but not to that level anymore. Right. It, it just, it just seemed like the tavern association didn't fight the fight that needed to happen. Now, granted as a consumer, who cares? You know, but as a business owner, you own a bar, you want the person to represent you in that way, like your board of directors. You know, so Pennsylvania easily could have, like, there could have been bigger bars that splintered off and formed their own and been, like, you know, and fought harder. And that could be, like you said, like, what they're doing now is, in that area, is, like, the, the ones that are above this level, they don't care about the, the value of a liquor license in Jersey. You know, like that. That's not the the fight that the, right, but as they a, just want to distribute beer. As a consumer, you go to these breweries that have you know tap rooms primarily <coughs> for distribution of their own beer. I want to be able to eat when I go there. This fractioning of the guild lessens that possibility from ever happening. No, it doesn't. It yes, strengthens it, does. it. No, it strengthens it, it. It does. No, because now it, the smaller breweries have have less of a say. Against the Restaurant Association and getting laws passed. No, you're being you're using a small vision, and they're doing this so they can end up doing that. The law. This is but this is my bre- theory. Why would breweries that primarily distribute care about that? Because this is again, this is just my theory, and I'm not talking about anything I've actually heard. It's just you know, just my theory based off of what I know is that about a year ago, okay, there was a big stink about. Uh, New Jersey pubs pushing back against uh, uh, New Jersey tap rooms because they allowed them in 2013, uh, uh, the laws changed to where they allowed uh, kind of breweries to open, but they couldn't be a restaurant. So that's why there's that stupid, you have to tour a brewery in Jersey law. And then you had to go in there and you actually had to take the tour and then you could buy beer and then you can go, but you can kind of drink there too. You can't bring any food or do any of that bullshit. Well, then like when some of these breweries got a bit bigger, and got a little bit, you know what I mean, bigger and riches, whatever you want to call it. They're getting close to the people who made these laws. Whereas the other breweries who are doing the brew pub thing want to actually put a plate of pretzels out on their bar. Or they want to have something where people can have something while they're there. The ones that are in the original guild are closer to the bigger, larger distribution portion of the show they're not focused on the brew pub kind of uh, area of it so they're not going to fight that so since they're not going to fight that these smaller breweries that felt that they wanted to fight it they weren't being heard so they started this guild in order to be like we're not being heard we're not getting what we want to be heard done so they felt like they needed to do this are they going to separate completely i don't know but it's also a way to kind of they're i'm I'm not going to pick sides, but it's like, you know, when a kid throws a tantrum, sometimes it's just them being a douche. Sometimes a kid throws a tantrum because for a good reason, you know, and, and they're throwing a tantrum and they're being listened to. And if that ends up being them being listened to, to where they have the weight behind the people they need in order to put legislation through to where they can serve a bowl of pretzels or give a hot dog to somebody or not give a bullshit pamphlet tour. That's a good thing. I think this is the opposite of that. I think it's actually them pushing to have the, that law repealed. Because yeah, the original guild now, you take out the big ones that are distributing and don't care about the restaurant portion of it, then that original guild of 20-some members, 80-some members, whatever, now that's all they have to focus on if that's what they want to focus on. 
Yeah, and I just don't see how. Yeah, you lose the how, power yeah, of right. having a cane, a carton, well, uh, a you, flying. You lose fish. the power of having significantly more members. Okay, let's, so let's you're, this you're way. losing. Let's... You're losing some. Like you know, if you like, they claim whatever her name was claimed there was eighty breweries in the guild. Like that has more power than nine separate. Okay, if you have if you have fifty people, and ten want to have serve uh, put a bowl of pretzels under on on, on if I have a house and half and. Ten percent of my house, I can put food in, but the other eighty percent—that's a bad analogy. Um, basically, what I'm saying there's it, there's power in numbers, but there there's zero zero power in 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 not having people on your side. So, yeah, direction. The the focus. smaller the smaller guild that's breaking off, they can't do it without the old guild. Are you skipping me over to see You're how it is? Kind of I know. I just wanted to drink some of that yeah, no. first. Thank you very much. Uh, but uh, You're one your back in the rotation. I'm not one back. Get I'm choosing my own rotation. Up. Don't tell me how to live. Don't tell me whether or not I can serve pretzels on my goddamn table. And, 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 and 10% of his house. And 10% of my house. Yeah. But no, do you know what I'm saying? Like, the, Let's say static number, 80%. Okay, 10 left. Let's just make it easy, okay? That 10% can't change these rules to get what they want done. They need 80%, but the 70% won't listen and won't help them, even though probably a good 60% need what they want done too. But they're afraid to do it because if you look at the breweries in here, they're people with clout. You're not seeing the smaller breweries. Like, you know, you have the, the twin elephants, the jug handles, the, the uh, you know, the dark, dark city, whatever you want to call it, the smaller breweries, they're not going to... They can't ruffle feathers. They're new breweries. They need to stay afloat. They can't live without this stuff. So you have people like Carton. You have people like Kenya, Flying Fish, River Horse, breweries that are established that honestly, if they leave the skill, it's not going to affect their bottom line. So they can leave and end up taking a hit, whether it be it probably small because, you know, if you're listening to this right now, we just talked about 40 minutes about the Brewers Guild in New Jersey. It actually, so, it, like, <laughs> it actually may affect their bottom line because I heard the the – the Splintered Guild, the new one, is hosting or you know representing the festival this year, which is the biggest fundraiser for the Brewers Guild. And, 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 but that's that's a one time thing. That's not going to affect. It's a yearly people. thing. No, it's a one time a year thing. Right, but that's the biggest fundraiser they have for the guild, which the new faction is now stealing from them. We'll see how that goes. It's not. No, it's not in in the books. It's not written that that's how it's happened. I read happen. it in Forbes. It must be true. Yeah. Well, you know what it is. If, if it was on the internet, it definitely well, is true. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, the ultimate goal is to help breweries grow in Jersey. And rarely does that happen from a, just a bulk distribution point. These people want to actually grow breweries to where they can be a living, breathing welcoming environment because i know me i could spend you know five hours at breaker i could spend five hours if i wanted to at rushing duck or equilibrium or a philly tap room if i really wanted to because it's an environment of people eating and drinking and laughing and doing a bunch of different things at a brewery tap room in jersey you go in you can drink some beers and you can bounce. Sure, you can bring in food here and there, but it's also I think there's a little bit different of an environment where you can have other things going on. I think they want to. I shouldn't even say that. I should think they just want to do what they want to fucking do, like everybody else is doing, without having to be fucking pigeonholed into doing one specific thing, which is a bullshit tour and serve fucking a beer. You know what I mean? Like if half the the thing is if the rules changes and they're allowed to do a kitchen. 
I don't, almost 80% of them probably wouldn't even open a fucking kitchen. But they probably, yeah. but the, the the ability to do so, that freedom to do so, I they think would make a big difference. Machine, popcorn machine and pretzels. That's all you need. You know, like I said, I mean, like there, there's, pl- there's places in this area that technically you have to serve. Like you're a restaurant in Pennsylvania. You have to serve. You can't have a tap room with no food. And then, like, you'll see, like I said, it's like a popcorn machine and a thing of pretzels. It's like, oh, well, we're, we're serving food and it's made, like, it's prepared. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you hit a microwave button or something, you know, like. It's you, a hot I, pocket. I, yeah, like, I mean, there, there, were, there was bars in this area that, that were opening and they just kicked around the idea as, like, when they were going to open, like, a big craft bar. And it was just, like, grilled cheese. You know, like, that, that was their menu. Ooh, grilled cheese. And, and, and maybe that's. The biggest point, I think, of the, of the whole argument, it's a, it, it's an argument between have tos and have you can'ts. Do you know what I mean? Because I've heard nothing but every single brewer I've ever talked to from Jersey make fun of the tour in New Jersey about how you have to take a tour and how it's the dumbest rule in the history of mankind. But if they said, you know what, screw it, we'll, we'll, we'll abolish the whole you can serve food and do whatever you want thing, but you still have to give the tours. They can be like, fuck yeah, motherfucker. They, they, it's easier to be, like you just said, you have to have food yeah, pay, pay as opposed to you can't So what's the food. Yeah, but what, that's the question. What's the benefit of prohibiting them from serving popcorn or pretzels? Well, because, because in Jersey, it's not, like in PA, they're all restaurants licenses. In Jersey, they're not. It's a brewer license. And then there's the restaurant yeah. license. So the restaurant they don't offer and, like a combined license, and, and, and that's or... and that's why the restaurant license is fighting to protect the value of their license. Because if my business goes under, I could still make three hundred thousand dollars to sell the liquor license. You know, and that's where they're saying that the brewers like, and I I know that's like that in Pennsylvania. I'm I'm assuming it's like that in Jersey. A brewery license is less expensive than a liquor license in PA. Way less expensive. It's like three thousand dollars to start the thing. Right, so in Jersey, that's what they're saying is like, oh, well, you know, here's a guy that came in and started a brewery for $5,000, and he's a full restaurant, you know, or whatever. And now when I go to sell my license out of my pizza shop when I retire, uh, I can't make my money now. That makes perfect a, sense. A, a New Jersey uh, bar license, restaurant license, is like half to a million dollars. A, to open yeah. a brew pub is like 7000 You know, and So a, you see somebody that's broaching on your business. And you're like, no. But if I, you're a full-fledged restaurant and you're getting shown up by a brew pub, maybe you should up your game. Yeah, but they don't see it that like way. Like if, if you're Competition, a chef, not if you're a chef want and to you comp- built your restaurant. Oh, you're, see, now you're saying chef. But I mean, like, There's from way- my perspective, like if, if you're a chef, right, and you own a restaurant and you're worried about a brew pub down the street, you should take a look at yourself because you're doing something wrong. I have met my fair how many chefs i've met from restaurants i can count on one hand how many brewers i've met from a brewery is every single one minus one or two you know what i mean like i'm not dude a great chef is a great chef but there's a lot of rest there's a lot of shitty restaurants that exist and and still exist and don't go under whereas a lot of good breweries a lot of shitty breweries go under a lot of good breweries go under so there's a lot of people that open restaurants that aren't chefs or aren't you know what i mean like it, there's a difference. Now, I get it when you're talking about you're dropping like a half a million dollars on a liquor license, and then this guy down the street drops five grand, and everybody's hanging. And then after work one day, when you're like, oh, I'll go patronize this guy, and his place is packed, 
and your place is shit, and you're like, fuck this guy. And you're like, I you know what I mean? Like, beer. I got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but like, how yeah, many. Yeah, and then his beer would suck because he doesn't care about beer. He cares about money. That's the whole reason. Yeah. And I said, but like, how many of these breweries, maybe you'll get a handful. If they change the law tomorrow and say, okay, you guys are allowed to have food, you might get a handful that go full on restaurant, brew pub type of st- situation. The rest of them will be like, here's a hot dog machine. Right. Which, like, <laughs> just which is my point. One. Which is my point, which means it's not really a threat. It's a perceived threat. Yeah, but, but letting it happen. I mean, that, that's the They're fight. They're afraid to let it happen. Yeah, but that's the fight mm. of the restaurant association. It's not, it's not an afraid thing. That's where, like, but it's, it's a also it's also like when Stone puts the fight up against fucking Keystone, you when when your trademark comes into fucking some kind of gray area, you have to fight against it because if you don't fight now, you're gonna be dead down down the line. So I I understand where they're coming, and I don't want I want breweries to exist. Do you want to know why? I like beer, it, but it's also a matter of like if your shit comes <sighs> under threat. You're not gonna wait until until the fucking until the warriors are at your gate. You fight them as right, much I, as you can till they I get agree to with your Jonesy, like out of the eighty five or whatever there are, maybe a handful will have restaurants. You can skirt that you can skirt that law like now in Pennsylvania if you really want to. Yeah, you know, I mean, like you can abuse, like you guys want to get together, we can abuse this law here. Let's do it because like you can get a winery license and then we can make some like Dago Red, put Which it I like love. you know, and then have a tap room, and you can sell PA beers. So you can go to yeah, every yeah, well, so you can go to every craft brewery you know and be like, <laughs> give me a couple kegs, and serve food, and then now you have a restaurant that's this sep- is why Pennsylvania is better than Jersey. Yeah, you have like a restaurant that's, that's 17, not true seventeen thousand dollars, and the guy that has the corner bar spent fifty five thousand, sixty thousand, a hundred thousand on his license. You know, like I said like it's it's in it's in every state. It's just like who's fighting the battles or how hard they're fighting them. Each state is is different, and like, but what? But that's the thing. Why does it have to be? It doesn't have to. Well, what well, do you po- want? Do you want this? Do you want politics? The whole, no, no, no. But, but I, you I, want I the whole, that, do, like, do you want the national government controlling like, our liquor? Because that wouldn't be fun. The Craft Brewers Association, right? Nationwide. Talk about yeah. Canada. They're never drunk up there. <laughs> They're not. They don't know how to drink. But no, I mean, like, I mean, there is there's a National Brewers Association, and there's big there's big craft brewers that aren't in it. True. You know, I, I think Flying Dog just came like out a couple years ago. To they an didn't extent, want it. regardless of size, there's a common interest. Yeah. I mean, and that's what these groups come out of. There, there's a common interest. I mean, they're protecting their own interests. Now, granted, a Brewers Association, like the national one, is everybody. And then, then there's the National Craft Brewers Association. Right? But, I mean, like, you pick and choose where you're at and where you want to be. And I said, I think that these guys in Jersey, that's where they're doing. They're, they're These nine chose to make the group... Because they want to focus on the things that they want to focus on. You know, for good or for bad. Like you said, yes, it takes away from the strength of the other group, is somewhat. But now you might have 70 more craft breweries that are left that are now focused on what they want to do. Now, you know, they don't have to worry about what the big guys want now in Jersey. You know, so, I mean, yeah, it takes away from the numbers, but numbers isn't what wins a lot of times it's focus so now both these guilds can be focused on what they want steve what do you think he's just gonna say yeah <laughs> i mean in the end it's a matter of we we all were you actually gonna say something or no okay we're obviously biased you know what i mean like we're gonna want brew pubs and the people that make good beer to strive 
um, the people on the list who were the ones that splintered are a lot of breweries that we go to and we care about. So we're a bit biased here, but at the same time, there's, listen, it's never one side or the other. It is always a bit of each side that makes sense and a bit each side doesn't, doesn't make sense. So, you know what I mean? You want these breweries to kind of exist and, and grow and, and turn in what you want them to do. And you don't want them to be fettered, but at the same time, sometimes you have to follow the rules, you know? Well, Jones and I said right when you stepped away for a second that... It was actually the best part of the, the whole thing when you left. I'll leave. We'll see you later. <laughs> Regardless of size, there's a common interest, a common thread... And it's just that, you know, in Jersey, you know, it they could overcome this. But I don't think they will. But they said, like, when you... You, you want to bet? What do you want to bet? I'd bet beer, but, I mean, I already give it all to you. <laughs> but like I said, when, when you were talking about, like, nationally, like, oh, the, the, like, have it solved nationally, every state's liquor laws are different. So a nat- Which is asinine. So, like, but, but a national, like, a national craft brewery association... Like the breweries in California don't care what you're doing in in Pennsylvania, you know. So I thought this was the United States. What happened? No. Well, let's well let's tie this together. Like when we actually talked about subjects about coming and doing a roundtable, this is the one of the subjects that I brought up. And when I brought it up, it was under the kind of the idea that eventually we've talked about this before that there's going to be that kind of three tier system, that macro, meso, and a micro system. And this is where that starts. So it, it's it's a matter of is it is it gonna, as Chris says, going to splinter and not be repaired and end up turning into that kind of th- I don't I don't want to use the word three tier tier system because it already exists. The crazy thing is the three tier system benefits the little guys. No, it doesn't. It does because they don't have to carry all the overhead of all the employees distribution channels. It does no, benefit them. It, no, it has it benefits. No, it, it well, no, it benefits in a way that like it allows them to get started without a lot of upfront. No, costs. it's like your leg is broken, cut it off instead of repairing it and then being able to walk in the future. That's how it benefits. It benefits itself in in a thinking that in the short term, your your ceiling, your growth, what you can do in the end in a three tier system is stunted. Oh, it's probably killed more breweries than yeah. So than you can ex- so it it exists. Okay, it's it's there. Really, does it? Uh, <laughs> but but, but it, as it, as it exists now, it helps smaller breweries get off the ground. It doesn't though. It doesn't. It 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 gives you the illusion that it's good. It's easier, but it's not. It's it's the in problem. The end. But it but you don't have to carry all that cost initially. Of what? Of distribution, of sales, all that nonsense. What are you talking about? If you sign a distribution contract with a distribution company, you have to have the money, but you don't have to have your own employees. No, but you like, no. Every small company self distributes. See the problem. The, and, the problem and, with and the New Jersey and Pennsylvania, you can self distribute. You don't have to sign like with a company to distribute. You can drive your stuff product to an area, but you still have to pay. As a small company, you have to pay a driver, you have to pay the gas, you have to pay the distribution costs of doing it yourself. It's. I think there's an. It's not going to be any more or any less. I, I think when you're a brewery and you're growing and you're under control of what you're growing, right? Then it's at your pace. When you get involved with a three tier system and you get involved with the wholesaler, right? Not to say that there aren't smaller wholesalers out there, but mostly wholesalers are four, five, six, seven counties. In New Jersey, some of the wholesalers are the whole state. You know, just one wholesaler, he's got the whole state for 35 national craft brands or something like that. If you're a small guy and you go into that system, they're now demanding what they want. Okay, well, my salesman sold this for you in this part of the state. 
I need 30 kegs. And then the brewer goes, uh, what? We yeah. need what? Or combine that with the, with, I mean, by the books, you know what I mean? You're talking about, okay, I'm going to get like, you know, one of the people around here, we have a local brewery called Benny Brewing. They have a whole end cap at Wegmans. I don't know how they manage that, but good by them by getting a whole end cap at Wegmans. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a big deal. Like, end caps are one of the most exclusive, greatest retail spots in all of anything, yeah. whether it's a supermarket or whatever. So good by them by getting that. But it's hard to get into those places. You usually have to prove yourself over time. Conversely, if you get outside of the rules of what you're typically allowed to do in a three-tier system... The reason why it's hard to get the end cap is because the guy from Bud or Miller Coors or whatever will be like, oh, your your cooler's looking a little shoddy or be like, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And all of a sudden, there's a new cooler on the end cap that you didn't have to pay for. You know what I mean? That now you feel compelled to fill with a brewer that is not self-distributing in, in your in your area. So it's it's not easier in a three-tier from, system. From like, my perspective, just not having that cost of you know warehousing and the distribution network it has its benefits no but when it may not be better overall but it has its benefits it has its the benefits it, in theory but it, in in the grand scheme of things if you let's put it this way have you ever met somebody that makes a really good beer or somebody that makes a really good dish at a restaurant like i'm talking chef level stuff not that cook bullshit or anybody who get, who lets somebody else decide what they do with their product. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody's like, when you talk about the, you know, the, the, the greats of the greats in the beer world, you know what I mean? Like, they want to know how their the beer is being handled, whether it's being refrigerated, whatever, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, you know, chefs and whatever, they're handling, you know, they're so micromanaging every portion of the show that they're, they want their product to get to the person the way they want to want it to be. In its form that they chose it to be, so to be like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get to this point and just eh, just give it to Jimmy, who's driving a truck over there, and just have him have at it and just roll around, roll around in 900 degree temperature, just doing donies in the middle of Dunmore. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's it doesn't make any sense. So any brewer that I think is worth their salt, and minus the ones that are at huge places that they just can't do that. You know, I'm not saying you know what I mean. The brewers at you know Stone or Sierra Nevada or whatever who like the 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 guys who really give a shit like they have to be able to disconnect themselves from that kind of like the way the music world does when it comes to like iTunes or Spotify or whatever when it comes to money and stuff like that. But when you get that big, you can assure still assure yourself that it's getting produced or distributed the right way. As far as the three tier system goes, there's no way to really do that until you become a juggernaut. So I, I just don't I just don't see it. Yeah, see, I, like I'm kind I'm with Matt on that one. Lee. I think if you're starting a brewery, you know, tomorrow, it's like st- steps. You gotta crawl before you walk, walk before you run. So like you you set up a brew pub, it's going well. You know, you're selling out. It's everything's going great. So you expand your production a little bit now. Now you have enough to give to your region, right? Dominate your region, then dominate your state. And then at that point, if you're like running like like a trogue, you know they got to the point where in the state of Pennsylvania, you know they self distributed a long time, and then it was like they got to the point where they couldn't, and then that's when you you sign with wholesalers, you know, and especially when you're opening up another state because then you have to deal you you have to deal with another state's laws. Well, it's it's it, and maybe that what you said right there is actually like a a, a great kind of cherry on top. Is that Tro's got to the point where they chose not to be that way? 
and that's the point I was trying to make to Chris, and it's also kind of circles back on the point we're trying to make here, is that they chose not to be yeah. in control of every aspect. Maybe they're breweries that want to be in control of every aspect. Maybe they're breweries that just want to be tap rooms, and they all want to be represented. And that's the whole cusp, but that's the whole argument of the whole thing, is that equal representation for everybody around. And when you have one part or a decent part of an organization that just has becomes has blinders on, becomes myopic... And all they want to do is focus on one thing. You feel left behind. And that's the whole reason why that happened. You know what I mean? And right, wrong, indifferent, who gives a shit if they make up, which I think they will. And I'm going to win that bet of, I don't know what, we're one taco. Feeling left behind. One taco. Feeling left behind created this new (laughs) It'll It'll happen. You know what I mean? But it's also, you can't just... You can't just let people steamroll over you you when you're looking to do something. And if you look at the burrs on the list that left i don't think they're those people i think they're actually being whatever what's the word magnanimous but what's they're then, being bigger they're do doing think, it but what do you think their objective is their objective is to allow voices to be heard yeah i, That's I, 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 what, I think they, no but, but what's I, their I, end game like what are they striving like what are they they, they want jersey to be a open and beautiful beer market no much the way that like dude california is one of the worst as far as like beer leaving the state but as far as in the state it's as far as i know it's it's it, it functions pretty well but you're talking about a state that has less people per capita as Jersey and Jersey has way less breweries. Do you know what I mean? So you're talking about a fledgling, it's almost like the revolutionary war in Jersey. It's like, there's so many, there's 85 breweries. There's millions and millions and millions of people. If you were to actually lump New York into that, which almost everybody that works in New York lives in New Jersey. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy. The amount of people in New Jersey. So they're just trying to make it as a, I don't want to say, I don't know what the word is. I don't know. They're not trying to make it like a crazy, like everybody gets a gold medal kind of thing, but they're not trying to make it like exclusive. They're trying to make it so just people have a voice and that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. It's not a, it's not a liberal thing. It's not a conservative thing. It's just a, the right thing. Yeah. Silence. No, but, and I said, I think it's, it's, it's also, I think those, the ones that splintered off, it's just that they're, their goals and their beliefs at this point or whatever don't match up with the other guild. Which that, makes sense. You I mean. know, so they're leaving that guild to, to focus on what they need to focus on. Because if, if you're trying to, if you're that smaller guild or the original guild and you have 10 members that are above and beyond you when it comes to the concerns, then it's like they're in it just to be like supportive. Like, okay, thanks. But they're not going to say anything because it's just like, oh, well, like we have no problems with this. But you know, the, so like when you splinter off and now they can focus on their selves and the nine things that they want, then that other 70 left behind can focus on so what the they weird, want. So the weird part of the story is that this didn't happen until the original members were voted off the board, right? And that instead of going to the association as a whole and trying to get them to back their ideas, they from, just split off in secret. From what you read. Right, which is yeah, from the internet. Yeah, the, Fox, Fox News, right? Like I said, we're, we're, we're never we're never gonna we're never gonna know until we like you know until those nine guild members but come based out and on, say based upon that precipice from from what we read. Well, but you know what? So I mean, there were alternative ways potentially. Okay. Yes or no? Well, no. Well, what I'm gonna say is we covered the shit enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. It's, Anybody else? Do you have anything new I to bring the conversation? To, talk it to death. Well, yeah. I think I think Steve's got to talk. Mm-hmm. Steve, no. what do you think? 
Oh, there it is. Um, so yeah, let's let's jump out of that and let's go to something that's not too far away from that, which is it's Hunapu. Hunapu week just went by. Hunapu. You gotta get those those get these uh, get, get those Jeff. poos up your puss at the at the Hunapus and and do all those kind of things and stuff like that. We had two kind of things go down. We'll talk in depth about a couple of these things. I think I want to talk about the whole infection kind of how to handle it issue in a deeper way going forward. But uh, angry, Ch- not angry chair, uh, cycle had a, uh, a infection issue with uh, their, their bottle. Steve talk about it. Which one was their that? Monday bottle, their Monday bottle. And it was like right out the get, right? Like right before it was right at the beginning on Monday. Yeah. On Monday, which is the beginning of Tampa beer week. I believe so. It yeah, which ends. Uh, yeah, which ends on you know with Hunapu. Like, what is Hunapu? Two days or one day? Got Cycle B A day in there too. Yeah, well, a whole bunch Jeff of stuff would, going Jeff on. Jeff would know this stuff. Just, <laughs> and, and for our <laughs> listeners out there, Jeff survived. He is he back in he's alive. He's, he's alive here right now. <laughs> um, but uh, he, he didn't get any contacts yet. I didn't hear anything or whatever. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> see. I didn't see pictures of him um, sleeping in a dumpster either. Mm-hmm. What was no, that about? Well, you know, it happens. But. It, it, Run down like what you know about it. Steve will know more than everybody else, but I'll talk about it. Basically, they had um, the kind of word come down that uh, some of their bottles were kind of funky, and they said they slammed, didn't pump the brakes. They pulled the emergency brakes, slammed the brakes, and be like, we're not selling shit until we figure out what's going on. Then they kind of found out that it was more tied to a specific one series, and they continued with the whole set, or did they, they just... You don't know. Steve's shaking yep. his head. See, that's what happens when they don't do research. So basically, and it's not even a matter of what they released. Basically, they found there was an issue with a series of bottles that we were putting out. And they decided not to sell anything to anybody. And then did their research. And then ended up doing some releases and not all of it. I believe that's how it went down, yes. The and, series specifically was their weekday set, which is what they do during Tampa Beer Week mm-hmm. leading up to BA Day. And we did that. Did we? What did we do? The week say weekday set last year in one of our yeah. cycle shares. Yeah, I, think I did, did a weekday set, but I don't think you were there. I and definitely no, wasn't. You, you guys did one last year. No, but then we do another one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, oh, it, we it, did the collaboration set. Yeah, that's the one you were that. Yeah, they all taste the same. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we uh, these whales they all <laughs> taste the same, man. So. That kind of got us to thinking, and it, it was kind of an idea that Jeff was floating out there, but he's not here, so we get to rip it off. And not that it hasn't been floated before. It, it's it's about like what breweries not only should do, but or required to do. I think that's the fine line yeah. that a lot of people end up trying to talk about when it comes to breweries and what they release and what they should do when they feel like beers aren't at their best. Yeah, so um, we definitely we definitely hit this topic a few times with um, some infection problems i don't think we talked about it in on depth. this podcast though we talked about cane yeah we did the cane um and because we brought up um 2015 goose island when we were talking about the cane and then we we talked about um because because you mentioned um the people that got their money back for cane all said we're like well i'm just gonna spend Imagine it again brunch, at cane yeah. right you know and but i mean but like yeah they're how do you handle it especially something like this it's a festival it's a big thing. Like you're waiting. Every like people day. are coming yeah. down there. There's people that fly there specifically for this. I this set planned on doing it this year, and I was a little happy I didn't when I saw Monday's news. <laughs> so, as like, how would you feel if you flew down there though? Like, obviously you'd be disappointed, but how they handled it, like, what do you think? There's still a lot to do down there. I'd still have had a great time, but I would 
definitely would have put damper onto the trip on Monday anyway. Yeah. Monday is when I would have been upset. I think I think they handled it almost as well as you could. You know what I mean? That's a nightmare. Like a, a, a literal nightmare when it comes to if you're going to release beers. When when something like that goes sideways, you, 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 what are you going to do? I mean, and, and honestly, it, when I'm a kid, when I was a kid and I played sports and I was late one day for, for a, you know, a practice or whatever, you know, I learned this early on. I'm lucky enough that I learned it early on and I ended up walking in late and the coach looked at me and he said, what's your excuse? And I said, I don't have one. I was late and, I, and I'm wrong. I'm wrong. And you looked at me and go, okay, sit down. It, because I was honest. You know what I mean? Because it was like, what, I you don't have an excuse. You just, you're late. It is what it is. And, you know, talk to me afterwards about why he said what he said. But it's also, that's essentially how they ended up taking, taking it. They said, hey, listen, we found these bottles that are messed up. We're not selling anything. We're going to look into it. And they went out of their way. They're like, shit sucks. We don't want this to happen. It's the worst time it could happen. But it sucks. Shit goes in the barrels. There's a lot of different moving parts, and sometimes this happens and it sucks. But hey, if you want your money back, you get it. If you, you, you know, we'll figure out what will brew the beer. If it, it is uh, negative across the board, we'll, we're going to rebrew it in some form or fashion, release it at a, another time, and just end up making shit right. And that's about as best as you can. Ha- I don't see yeah. any way you can handle it better. Than no, that. and, and that's like integrity for the brewery. Like that, you know, okay, there's a problem. We realize there's a problem. And until we figure out what the problem is, we don't want any of our product out. I mean, that's the best way you can handle it. You know, without it already being out there. When problems happen after the fact, exploding bottles, you know, all flavors, things like that to develop over time, anything like that. Then it's like a whole different set of circumstances. How do we repay the people that already paid for it? Any of that stuff. And I said, so like, yeah, I understand what they did. Don't put it out and we'll figure it out. And if you prepaid and all this stuff, we'll figure out a way to make it right. And I think that's the best way you can handle it. And like, and and you, you actually touched on like an important detail, important difference is like when the bottles leave, like, how do you handle it? Like, like they just, they did that before even things went down. You know what I mean? But you have places like, you know what I mean? Steve just got bottles from a brewery uh, that were a little bit less desirable than they should be. Um, you I know mean, what I mean? They, like they were Kane, desirable Kane, for, for Kane, volcanoes. Yeah. <laughs> Kane, Kane had their, you know, Mexican brunch yeah. thing that they that they handled absolutely perfectly. Uh, Trillium just gave out the wrong bottles, labeled wrong bottles to people. But the way they ended up handling it was, you know what I mean, the way you should now you have other breweries that have done stuff differently yeah. you know what i mean like they they just ignore the problem and just like say fuck it you know what i mean you left the building i understand where it's easy to say that breweries when they say we fucked up have all your money back keep your bottles is a beautiful thing but i also sometimes feel like that's a little bit overkill like there should be some kind of middle ground like i've spent all my money on those i i bought a cane mexican prep set i ended up spending more money on cane and went down and spent the money there i'll do that but i also feel like it's not well i don't want to say it's not their fault but it's out of their hands and it's something they're innocent in the fault there's no mental fault there's no purposeful fault where or there's nothing sinister about the fault I don't know what the phrasing should be, but it's not like the beer was bad. It was just a 
with Kane specifically, it wasn't really that bad. Yeah, because either. there was minor gushing. Yeah, there was minor really. gushing, but there's been other ones where it's like you know, Trillium was the best because you got a bang and yep. bottle of beer f- that you was just, just labeled wrong, yeah. which is almost like yeah. if you collected cards as a kid, you're like, I just won the lottery because I got a mislabeled fucking card. It ended up becoming <laughs> a beer that ended up being coveted because it was like a mislabeled thing or whatever. But it's also at the same time. You have other breweries that produce like sh- uh, beers that are just straight up hot fucking garbage. Mango, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that is, was mm-hmm. never acknowledged. Yeah, I, I think a big thing on the peach bre- smoosh, like on, mm-hmm. on the on the brewery side of it, half it, of their beers, you know, yeah, half their beers. But I think I think but peach smoosh was the like, <laughs> yeah. pinnacle. But I think when you when you're a brewer, good thing they're a blender, you know, and it's transparency. And never a brewery, you know, like it, it's just transparency. It's like it. It was a mistake. I mean, beer is a living organism. You're dealing with, you know, so like there's a difference between, like Matt said, there's a fine line between it gushed a little because there's a little overcarbonation from fermentation in the bottle to like I touched the lid or I touched the cap and it shot to the ceiling and I lost the whole It's called a St. Bernard's 12. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> it is, like, yeah. Just yeah, look like at just, just like look I've, at the, I've almost killed nineteen people with Saint Bernardus. Yeah, just look at these from just look 2000 at the cap. to two thousand and fourteen. <laughs> those are lethal weapons. Yeah, but that, get but too that, old for this shit, by the way. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, if I was a brewer and I put out a, a great product, like it wasn't infected or anything like that, but you had a little overcarbonation, and somebody loses two three ounces off the top on a bottle. Yeah, I don't think you need to refund all the money. You know, or something like that. You maybe come up like, oh, you know, we'll give you something. Like, we'll give you another beer. You know, or something something along those lines. But to sit there, like, in Steve's case, like, it was a 25-ounce bottle, and he got three ounces, if that. 500-milliliter bottle, and the very first one I opened, <laughs> I got less than three ounces. Yeah. For so the like, record, it's barreled souls we're talking about, and they also <laughs> handled it very well. And that's the thing. It's just... But if you're upfront, you're transparent, you say to them, hey, there was an issue, there was this, there was that, then I think that's the best way to go about it. Now, if it's something small, like I said, it's a living organism. You have no control of it. I mean, yes, it's like science. Science. That was air quotation, sorry. Yeah, people can see that on, <laughs> yeah. on podcasts. But, but like, no, it's a science, but like there are variables that you don't see. You know, it got a little bit hot in your storeroom that day, this, that, and the other thing, whatever. But, like, as long as the thing is not totally bad or you lose the whole bottle or something like that, yeah, like, I think if a brewery says, hey, you know, we screwed up, next time you come in, pint, there's a pint on us, you know, or something like that, because you, you didn't lose your bottles, they still taste good, you can still have them, you're going to lose two ounces, three ounces off the top. You know, that's a different than, hey, your whole 500 milliliter bottle just exploded in your hands, you know. We're like I have like two thoughts come to mind when I hear about this stuff, and that is it, it, they're similar but different. And one is how far do you think it'll go until breweries? I don't want to say push back, but have a different thought process than that because it, 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 there are a lot of people that try to take advantage of these kind of things. You saw it with the Bourbon County infection, or people you know what I mean, like got like free beer even though their beer wasn't bad and whatnot. And uh, people that are just like flip out and they want to go get, it's not like, oh, you, it's, it's like someone's like, oh, 
I spent $120 on these bottles and they're all bad. I won $500. It's almost like they want like restitution and like emotional distress based off of it, even though like, or maybe it's just because they have secondary prices in the brain. I don't yeah. know if that's the case. How do you think, how far do you think breweries can, need to take it in order for shit to be okay? Combine that with, which I've always had an issue with, and I've never known how to deal with it because I've tried to, and I'm not sure the right way. When you get these kind of bottles off the shelf, what? how do bottle, how do, and I know that's a dirty word. We're not allowed to talk about shelf beers and now the way beer is nowadays, but there's been times when I got like beers that are sour on the shelf or fucked up from the shelf or gush from the shelf. Who's culpable for that? Do I go to the, do, is the bottle shop, do you know what I mean? Like, are they culpable for that or like dude should they take it back should they should they take it back and then consult their distribution point what's what in some situations you have had breweries that have released bad batches to distribution or called them before yeah we, mm-hmm. we've we've had to we've had to uh, send well, stuff down Island. Yeah. yeah no but i mean even outside of the bourbon county 2015 event you know there's times that you just get an email you know in the distribution center that says hey if you have any of these pallets with these numbers like let us know they're coming back, you know, because things like that happen. But on the retail side of it, I mean, as a salesman, I cover my product as long as it's not mistreated. It's in code, all that, whatever it is, you know. So if somebody comes back to me like Jeff, like you, you know, or somebody like that, you guys went down and you bought something out of a shop that's mine and you're like, hey, you know what? This is bad. It's flat. It's whatever. It's it's. It's out of date, you know, but like, and I look at it and it's still in code. Most of the times, like we make as a, as a wholesaler, like we make good on it. But like, how far do you think it's going to go? Like, I mean, like Chris is out here. Steve doesn't talk a lot about stuff here in the, um, the old podcast, but like, how do you, how far do you think it'll go? Do you think like my point is the public pushback and what they get from beer being where it should be. Yet Sam Adams tried to push a dating thing in Stone with their Best Buy. Yet Sam Adams doing their um, what was it, the Rebel Raw, where they're like drink within thirty days, and they had it dated. Do you think it ever gets to the point where like how much push does the public have? Do they have it to the point where like they get bad beer? Because let's put it this way, uh, Kane, uh, Cycle. Uh, Trillium. The reason why they did what they did was to make it right for the consumer. It's not like they did it because they're like, I'm sure they feel bad that bad beer went out there. But if they understood that, like people understood that bad beer goes out there, not much gets done. They just didn't want to have the negative backlash that comes from the nowadays Yelp consumer that just yells and screams and all that stuff. Yeah. How far does it get to where like people are like, oh, I bought this beer. It's it's at a, it's a day over date or it's a month old, fuck you. And then and then breweries start making it right. Like how far does it go? I mean, on a breweries, then it, it, like to them, it would have to be handled by them if it's their problem. You know, if if it's if they're sending stuff out close to code to a, a like this is where the three tier system comes in. If they're sending it to us with like twenty days left on the code. By the time it hits the market, stuff's going to be out of date, you know, so that that's where that kind of comes in. But I mean, like, yeah, when you go, you go like Rebel Raw, um, even like the Wicked Weeds have like a 90 day shelf life cold stored, like for pernicious, you know, stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of faith out there that it's being handled correctly on every aspect of the journey. 
to the shelf. And trust me, it's not. You know, distributors can do their best. Breweries can do their best. But it, what it comes down to is the retail store that you go to. You know, and whether or not they care about what the dates are on their shelves. If they care about how they're supposed to handle the stuff. I mean, that's what it all comes down to. And then as a consumer, like, you need to be looking at that stuff. You know, and kind of, unfortunately, like, you have to be aware of, like, this style of beer isn't going to hold up on your shelf. You know, that kind of plays back into Matt's point about, you know, breweries being, you know, um, hypercentric about their product. Brewers, how they want to, they want to self-distribute so they can be sure that it stays the way it's supposed to. You have to have some kind of faith in the distribution network. I mean... Yeah, but I mean, like, you're always going to run into code issues with certain types of beer, you know, no matter what. And like I said, it's more the retailer. It's more the region. You know, some places, some beers just don't sell, you know, and things like that. So you have to know the retailer that you're at, and you have to be aware as a consumer of just... I'm just trying to fuck your shit up. I'm not really trying to do anything. (laughs) Okay, but no, like you just have to be aware of like what you're buying. You know, I said, I mean, it, but you run into it. It's it's inevitable. You know, it's a food product. It goes bad. It spoils. So, but I said, I, I think the only time that the, that the brewery itself needs to like send out an apology is like when it's on their end, when it's a wide scale thing. So, but th- that's the point. Like when it's on their end, like when does that time frame end? Like if I make a if I make a, an IPA. That falls off after three months. I this is just me. I I'm like three months. If it falls off after two weeks, that's shitty. If it falls off after three months, that's shitty. But same time, you know that's the way the world is right now. I'm but, not. A, I don't have a big. But now three about. months is the new standard. If you're dating your cans, it should end when your date ends. But also, like, what if I know my beer is gonna fall off at a certain date, and I dated at that? Like, I know it has a shelf life of uh, of a month. So but now I know you're it's discussing gonna, unreasonably but, dating the cans. Unreason. Oh, but outside of that, let's say, for example, we had this beer no one drank, and I came downstairs and I said, "This beer's hot shit." It's a rye farmhouse ale, okay, and it's less than a year old, and it and it's no good. I personally think a farmhouse ale should last at least a year, if not longer. Like, like it, should, preferably for like ten years. Like honestly, a farmhouse ale should should for me. Be semi, you know what I mean. Not, inf- it's it's not a Twinkie. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, it, it should last for a while. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like there's other beers. Like it, it, you know, like breweries seem to put beers out, and they're like, for example, uh, some breweries will put out like you know a barrel aged. So that's a bad analogy. So, no, barrel aged are bad. No, but, but it's I'll, like I'll a barrel aged beer, and it's like it has a shelf life of six months or a year. There's no way. No, but like I said, I'll, I'll like a local PA brewery. Um, what's it out of St. Mary's Straub? Straub, whatever yeah, it is. And, yeah. Like, like they're a brewery. If they say 110 days, it's 110 days. You know, because I want to say they they tout no preservative, no whatever it is. You know, like natural brewing. But like that's the thing. It says 110 days. Don't drink it at 111. Like, <laughs> you know, if you know that as a brewer, then that's great. But like, yeah, you you have to have a lot of trust in your distribution network, and then you have to have a lot of trust in the retail network that like they're gonna make good on if something goes out when it shouldn't. 
But, I mean, like, you look at all these imports, like, Belgian beers, stuff like that. Like, they're all five years. Like, Belgium, they're like, mm, it's beer. Here you go. Five years from now. They have to date as well. That's why yeah, that, uh, Westies that's, have a three-year. Well, yeah, they actually, that. like, a, I think uh, someone was telling me that. Um, that's an FDA. Like, is that not, a drink after a, date? <laughs> It's an FDA. Thing, I, I always for... went by the five-year rule when it comes to Belgian beers, but uh, a gentleman by the name Brent Rush, he actually is brewed for a lot of breweries in the states, and he's brewed overseas. He actually listens to or watches um, my YouTube stuff and listens here. He um, he actually told me that it's now a specific amount of time that the the Belgian breweries have to produce their beers for, and it's less than five years. I believe it's three years. I could be wrong, but it is what it is. So I mean, get back to the cusp of it. Um, it, 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 it's a weird thing because who here, Steve? How many how many bad ends of beer have you been on? Beer I didn't like, or beer that was definitely no, no, bad. like 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 turn like like a sideways beer, like uh, many, Mexican Mexican uh, uh, brunch. Not a whole lot. And I'm, well, how many times have you taken the cap off and there's been a cork underneath it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even call Mexican brunch that bad in terms of the issue they were called it for. No, as far I, as how breweries, like, they said shit was bad. I'm not saying what you thought shit was bad. They said shit was bad. Yeah. They recalled everything, that they acknowledged it, two or three. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's, it hasn't happened that often, but almost every brewery has done it right. There's been you know, beer situations that have been weird. You talk to people, some people think Jay Wakefield's hot shit because of the way they handled their society. Some people didn't have an issue with it. You know what I mean? Like, because, you know, whatever, they ended up saying... I don't know of anyone in the society that didn't have an issue with it. Yeah. Some spectators mm-hmm. may not have an issue with it. But honestly, it... it, it it's it's one of those things where like it hasn't affected the brewery. That's how that's I don't know how to put it. I don't want to piss off certain people, Kevin Fiedler. Anyway, <laughs> it, it's it, but then you have other As breweries that handled listen. it badly. Do you know what I mean? Like like you know like some people say Jay Wayfield. Some people definitely souls handle it badly. There's been other breweries that handle it badly, but then there's breweries that handle it fantastically. I yeah. think in the most part, breweries have done right by. By people when it comes to their beers being negative. Now, I think there's a lot of breweries that actually put a lot of shit beers on the shelf knowing they're bad. I, I think that's one of the things that a lot of people that actually have never actually, like, touched on. I know there are specific breweries I've had beers from going, this is a fucked up beer that they put on the shelf for pur- on purpose. That they either, one, they know is screwed up, or two, they sold as a sour beer that wasn't meant to be a sour beer. That's happened so many times, it's not even funny. Well, so, the, that's where the... Uh... What beer did we grow? That's, that's <laughs> where, like, the, wanna... ca- the cap and cork yeah. came in. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Just, it was like, oh, wait, it's a sour dark ale. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anytime you put a cap and a cork in a beer, if it's not a green bottle, someone fucked up. Because they're trying to be pretentious. <laughs> and, you know, that is what it is. Anyway, uh, I won't name the brewery. Give them a second shot or a third shot or whatever. But there's other breweries that have done it. I mean, no, I'm fucking, there's breweries that have done it, basically. 
but most of them make it right. But I'm talking about that periphery to where breweries kind of skirt shit out. Do you know what I mean? You haven't even talked to breweries at BrewPub and be like, you know what? I knew that beer wasn't my favorite beer, but we put it out anyway, and some people loved it. You know what I mean? That's usually the answer you get from a lot of breweries. Um, but in a brew pub, in a, in a setting where you're drinking draft beer, that's markedly different than when you're drinking a beer and buying it off a shelf when you're buying a six pack or doing stuff like that. Now to kind of, you know, we're, this is going to be a long fucking podcast, but it is. Oh my God. flip it. I, I, I hope they're drinking as much <laughs> as we are. Yeah. Flip it back. Um, keep it in Florida, actually. Um, what do you guys think about the whole like angry chair thing, which is literally about people being angry about chairs? Which is like, it's like literally, it's like. Is this a it, suburb of Philadelphia? <laughs> no, it is not Ardmore. Um, <laughs> this is not Ardmore? Again, more Florida Beer Week stuff. You know, Angry Chair did their thing where they're selling those super stouts and people are fucking hanging out and waiting in line, buying shit, and people are posting on Craigslist for mules. And they're in a, you know, uh, uh, not a uh, urban setting, not a rural setting, somewhere in between suburb. Is that what that word suburb is invented is for? Yeah, yes. And, um, and people are pissed, man. People are pissed that people are waiting on their fucking street, waiting on their corner, waiting on their lawn. How, like, where does the beer world go with that? Because that's going to be a big fucking problem moving forward. Yeah. I mean, because you're looking at so many brew pubs, so many breweries that want to be in the heart of it. They want to be down in a, a city setting. I mean, you look at other halves in Brooklyn. Um, it's not an industrial area. I mean, it's it's just in Brooklyn. Um, you look at a lot of these other guys that are, yeah, you have Ardmore. You have uh, Forest and Maine down outside of Philly, which is on like a city street. You know, it looks like a regular house. You know, yeah, you run into these things. But even you run into it in the, the guys that are in a more industrial setting because lines are getting bigger. Crowds are getting there. There's more cars. There's more whatever. You know, it, it's getting tough. I, I think, like, you're going to have the ones that are on their own land and they're outside of town and they're a destination or something along those lines. Or, you know, you're going to have to conform to what the city tells you. There are a few ways to skirt it, realistically, or to curb the line anyway. I mean, you can go ticketed releases, which is what a lot of breweries do. Yeah. Or you could go the cane route, which I personally despise, and just announce when you open on a certain day. I love that. I hate that. <laughs> the number of times I drove there to get Sunday brunch is that's a you ridiculous. That's a you problem, brother. <laughs> that's a you problem. Don't, don't make a you problem an us problem. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, and that's what it comes down to. Like, um, I mean, we can use uh, Equilibrium as a nice example. They've gone with the ticket. Uh, thing and they've, they've done it from day one and and, and and that's what they're sticking to because it's more just like you know what if you want to stick around stick around have fun if you don't equilibrium is unique in that they have the room to handle a whole parking lot full of people though that's no different. yeah but, different but type I, of ticketing than what I was thinking like I'm I'm, I'm, well. I'm, I'm thinking but of like you're more of the national release ones like a like, well I smaller like, Kane like, did like, that for Mexican brunch and for anniversary and various other. Because I know like Toppling Goliath or another one that's like, Goliath like it, it. it's like a raffle system and you get a number and Toppling you know. Goliath does it as a straight raffle. There are others oh, okay. that do it like an Eventbrite ticket. Yeah. Forest and Maine might be uh, not their old spot, not their new spot. Might be the best example of what I'm trying to think of. Because like honestly, like other half, like it's New York. New yeah, and, and what my PD's gonna be like. Fuck, 
they're not going to be like, fuck you, leave. But they're gonna, people are going to be like, there's people on my street that are going to be like, go fuck yourself. It's New York. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. New York. And people are going to be fucking everywhere. We don't don't bother us with this bullshit. Same kind of thing with Ardmore. Like, Ardmore is the same way some people complain. They have to make sure they don't go a certain route or don't block a fucking entryway or exitway. But it's like, fucking Philly, get the fuck out of here. Do you know what I mean? But you talk about, like, uh, whether it be... Uh, forced mean or even breaker to an extent if their parking lot was a little bit smaller like if let's say uh, let's say and they're they're not there and they're not going to be there anytime soon but let's say breaker got a line like other half yeah what a monkish release that town would go ape shit with people lining up and down their thing at first it would be a cool news story in wnep but then eventually it would be like (laughs) oh then get the fuck off my lawn do you know what i mean because there's a bunch of liberal liberals go fuck yourself you know maga you know what i mean and (laughs) spc at one point had lines almost that big but they have the parking lot to accommodate it no but but the other businesses were complaining about where the parking was because they only had 10 parking spaces you know, so like everyone was parked down the road to other businesses. Yeah. So it's it's a matter of like figuring out well like where that goes. Like who like it's almost like a public is it a public is public domain? Is that the word right word? It's I mean, like if, where if, you're allowed to stand and what you're allowed to do with where you're allowed to stand. Like where it almost seems like nebulous law like people are like, You're not allowed to do that and be like, Show me a law. There are you know what I mean? there like, are signs in New York City that say no standing. No, that not that's vehicles. That's a vehicle thing. Yeah, yeah. and so it's like it's so like no how standing. like how, like how do you enforce that? What do you do? Well, sidewalk. From and what, why do you wait in the line anyway? I mean, like I mean, really, it's all just in like from what I understand, like like in any <laughs> of these in, the in any of these <laughs> sets of settings, like if you could drink in the line, it's okay. That's the rule. You can drink the line in New York City. Other half, I just did well, not not have a t- not dude, we can't we can't set up a you tent with heaters and nineteen different bottles. Uh, no, com- com- the cops <laughs> in New York don't like it all that much. But like, uh, my understanding is like if you're on a sidewalk, it's public domain. If you're standing in somebody's grass, okay, then that's another story. Like, if you're on this person's lawn, then they have a right to be mad at you. But sidewalk, like curb, road, as long like, as you're, that's public. As long as you're being polite, not blocking a business. Yeah, like, you I mean. set your chair up in front of a door. Yeah, like, I mean, I think a lot of it has to come down to just courtesy as a consumer, you know, not being a dick about things. But, yeah, like, I mean, as a resident, yeah, it's annoying, but there's business going on. Like there's people in your area that want to, you know, spend money, that type of thing. Like it just don't be on my property. You know, like if it's my lawn, my front lawn, don't be on it. You know that if you're so on the sidewalk, the, okay. George Carlin. Yeah. Not in my fucking yard. Yeah. Not in my backyard. It's like the movie Grand Torino. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Clint Eastwood is no George Carlin. Okay. <laughs> well, but no, it's, it, it's, it's a weird concept. It's a weird thing to talk about because honestly, like that's the nth degree. That's like the you know one percent of the beer people that actually I shouldn't even say that it's one percent of the beer people that wait in line. It seems like nice, almost like yeah. a, a destination thing, like something cool to do and wait start in line getting in lines. And you'll understand it because yeah. it's yeah. not just standing there. You're drinking. <laughs> no, there's pretty good, much anywhere you are, you're drinking. There's hey, good lines and bad lines. Ardmore. I don't go to Tired Hands releases, but that may be one exception. And that may be you've why I don't go to don't Tired Hands. Like no, never... I've never been to a long Tired Hands release. I don't particularly care for that specific brewery. You like how he said, I've never been to a long Tired Hands release. <laughs> he slipped that one in there. He, he goes was, on Wednesdays. He's, he's like, I liked them before. <laughs> okay, they were, I've I, never, like, I've I liked them before they were cool. Release. 
Not uh, once. Or have you ever been to a, Nope. <laughs> yeah, because I knew you were going to go that direction. He's like, I was at their keg release. I bought a couple six stools for my house. No, it's a, it's a weird thing because it, it's like it, it's like Alchemist. Like they like you know they didn't ask to be kind of trumped out of their town doing what they're doing. Like you know they're producing fun beers. People got whiff of it and enjoyed it, and people started showing up and. People started lining up. It just happened to be in, in an area that didn't, you couldn't really line up and you couldn't really do what you needed to do. So people got started to get pissed about people waiting in line for the beer. It's not like Hill Farmstead or not like two hours outside of human contact where it doesn't matter. You know, people you are out there in the middle of the road for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's a different breed. So then when you start bringing that kind of you know, that line life mentality to the city and not necessarily the city like other half, like that'll always be fine. But it's also that kind of tweener suburby thing. Like you said, Steve, about like uh, Kane is in an industrial complex, but people still poop about it. It's like, where do you find a room for these people to wait in line? Now you have Six Point, which is trying to do, they hired a brewer from Trillium to start to make the more kind of Haysboro hop thotty beers. But they're doing a, a ticketed system online now. You download their app, you buy their beers online, and just you bang them out when you go and buy them. Is it a good thing? I personally think so. Plenty of places have been doing it. They're not the first. But it's a good thing for you. A lot of breweries actually want the lines. Like, you know what I mean? A lot of breweries want a line so they can actually Drive show a fight. picture, take a picture, take a drone shot of the line and be like, look at how cool I am. So it's like... You know, brewers can be like, you're not allowed to line up here. But when they post a picture to line, you'd be like, motherfucker, you're posting a picture to line. Like, what are you going to do? From the same thing, as far as tickets go, you get it sold out in three seconds. That (laughs) drives the same amount of. That's because StubHub bought all the tickets and they (laughs) sell it at a higher price. That's because of bots. Yeah, that's that's definitely Mm -hmm. botting. Smart people. It, there's, you're buying your secondary ticket off somebody from Sacramento. Yeah, there, there's a guy like Steve that doesn't have a conscience that just bought 150 tickets. And, like, honestly, I mean, if we actually just kind of, like, step back and look at this conversation as a bubble and look at Smutty Nose and, uh, and New Jersey Brewers Guild in you know, cycle to, you know, the whole fucking angry chair thing. It's all what people like. Some people like cucumber pickled. You know what I mean? Some people like beer big. Some people like beer small. Some people like waiting in line. Some people like tickets. Some people like beer in every different direction. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's, it's, and that's the argument. It's it not one size fits all. Oh, we argued about the fucking Brewers Guild being like, oh, why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? Why don't these people stay together? Well, at the same time, we have people that we want everything in every when other I win, direction. Matt has to go back to town tavern. When you win one. No, I think it's it's one taco. It's a taco. No, that bag. was no, no. No. When I win, you're going to town tavern again. So Chris basically said when he wins, I have to go eat delicious wings. Oh. That's the place that you basically banned. Well, that's going to su- I'm not banned there, man. I can go there anytime. No, I want. no, no. You banned them. You like <laughs> See, see you don't listen. When's you don't the last listen. time you stepped foot in there? Uh, six months ago. Exactly. I banned them a year and a half ago. Their wings are so good, they deserve better than that. (laughs) And yet the wings are sitting over there on the counter. Well, we've been talking for two hours. We're going to get to that. That's the point. I'm trying to wrap this up so I can cut this fucking out so you can eat wings, motherfucker. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, that's our show. Yeah. (laughs)
as as incoherent as as a clipping and as as everything as the whole thing has been it's a matter of beer is not singular it's it's wide open it's like there's different strokes for different folks everything's gonna work for everybody but there's also has to be a kind of moral ethical core to hold nine you know what i mean i think that's what everybody's been arguing from lines to the way bottles and burst to the way you know what i mean like breweries function as far as, you know what I mean, laws go, as far as, you know, production goes, the whole nine. There's good, there's bad, there's indifferent. The old adages, uh, the old, uh, what was it, who was it? The old lawmaker in the 70s was presented with a pornography case, and, and they asked him, what is pornography? And he's like, I can't describe it, but I know it when I see it. And I think that's what it is when it comes to good beer and what people should do in good beer and how they should function. You know it when you see it, so... Brass taxes, don't be a douchebag. Yes. Don't be a douchebag. Be a good person. Be open and honest. And, and chug better than me because I suck at chugging. Okay. Cheers. 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 Cheers.